baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is At Home Connecticut, hosted by Joey Burgoyne, highlighting events and happenings that are taking place in your home. Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080. Good morning and welcome to another episode of At Home in Connecticut. I'm your host, Joey Burgoyne, and we spoke with this gentleman in the past, different seasons, so it's a different view. We're hearing it, you know, the bears and the birds and the bees and nature is out. Migrations are happening, or are they, at the rates we would be expecting? So we'll get into that this morning with Patrick Cummins, the executive director of the Connecticut Autobahn Society. Sir, thank you for joining me this morning. Thank you for having me. So, you know, we'll start with like a, a safety warning, if you will. A lot of people were hearing in the news, it's bears, bird feeders. You know, do birds really need feeders this time of the year out? I know a lot of people want to support the birds and like watching the birds, but is that the correct thing to be doing at this time of the year? Well, a lot of it depends on where you live, but if you live at all remotely in bear country, you know, it, it's just unfortunately that, that bears and bird feeders do not uh, go hand in hand. For one, they're going to ruin your bird feeder, and two, it, it, it sort of dra- attracts them into your yard and, and can cause, uh, you know, be a recipe for trouble now, if people, whenever you're bringing. Now, if people do want to, you know, bird watch, experience wildlife in their own backyard. Are there some things people can do and what type of birds can we expect or how do we draw those certain type of birds or help those birds this time of the year? Sure, uh, gardening is a great way if you have, if that is an, at all an option for you. Um, there are certain flowers that will attract hummingbirds, anything that's red and tube shaped, um, cardinal flower being one of them, bee balm being another favorite, the, the native trump, trumpet honeysuckles, the uh, trumpet vine, if you have a big enough place for that, uh, that will attract hummingbirds. And, um, you know, depending on, on where you live, uh, you know, and, and your setup, Hummingbird feeders, sometimes bears will come after the hummingbird feeder, sometimes they won't. But uh, that is one thing that you can put out during the warmer months. As long as you're, you're very, you know, uh, diligent about cl- keeping the, the feeders clean, you know, you make sure that the water doesn't get cloudy in them. Um, basically, it's, uh, you can look it up on, uh, online for a formula for, for sugar water for, for hummingbirds. And um, you just uh, you can make it yourself with sugar and water. And that's it. It's just sugar and water. I have three hummingbird feeders at our campground, and that's, it's just sugar and water. You don't, need, don't put the dyes in. They're not beneficial. Just plain sugar and water. Right, right. And 
I really am a proponent for, you know, whatever you can, whenever you can, to put out some flowers along with your bird feeders because that, that you know, gives them a little bit of variety of nectar. Um, it's not just necessarily empty calories in the, in, in the sugar water and also increases the chances that you're going to get uh, hummingbirds visiting your feeders. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, we have, like I said, I have three hummingbird feeders at our campground. And this is kind of a self-serving question. This year, and I don't know it's, if it's different or if I'm just more attuned to it, but we have a lot of Orioles at our campground. And for some reason, one of the Orioles is infatuated with one of my orange hummingbird feeders. I don't know if it's an identity crisis thing or what this Oriole's doing, but is infatuated with an orange hummingbird feeder. Now, Orioles will, they actually make Oriole feeders that are similar to hummingbird feeders that just have some perches alongside of them. And, and, and Orioles will come in for sugar water. Uh, they'll also come in for, for things like raisins and mealworms and uh, orange halves and things like that. But again, uh, you know, it, it all depends on uh, on your bear situation and whether, whether you can do this, uh, you know, without attracting bears as well. Yeah, it's one thing, luckily, I guess you could say at our campground, we've never, knock on wood, had them do any bear sightings. But it, I, it, I mean, that's the thing. The Orioles, are they're a vibrant orange, and everyone mistakes them, in my mind, for a robin. They are completely different birds. So, you know, that leads me into, if people do want to and are interested in learning about observing and watching the birds, besides the Connecticut Audubon Society, I know a lot of people that everything's an app based now. Is there like a good thing in your mind that you recommend people try out or a good way for people to learn in the field on the fly, if you will? Yeah, there are a lot of resources out there right now in terms of apps. Uh, I like the Sibley guide um, that has a really good artwork of the, of the birds pointing out the, um, the key field marks and what you should look for in identifying it. And it also has, examples of songs uh, of the birds uh, that, 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 that they can play. It's, it's um, you know, you, you kind of have to get an idea of what you think the sound is, and then you can play it. But there's a new, um, a new app, or a new tool at least on an app called Merlin, where it's actually using artificial intelligence where you can take a picture of a bird and it can give you a guess as to what the bird is. And you can also even do recordings and it will tell you what bird they, it thinks it is hearing. And, and with some degree of accuracy, I wouldn't, you know, take it for a hundred percent, you know, oh, you know, it, it says I have a junco in my yard and uh, uh, a painted bunting, um, you know, though, Really, what it gives you an idea is is to narrow it down what to be looking for. That's actually Oriole what I have, use <laughs> the Merlin one. Right, right, and there's you know we, as, as, no sorry like there, we had this it's this little ornament we have outside of our campsite. It's a it's a camper, and we just hung it up a few years back because it was a neat decoration. But a bird decided, hey, I like it too, and want to make its nest in it. In the past three years. We put out this little birdhouse, and this, I don't know if it's the same bird, but it's definitely the same type of bird. And I was like, what is this little bird? Everyone's like, oh, it's a chickadee. I was like, well, there's got to be something. So I had downloaded their Merlin app, did the sound recording, and it's a house wren. But it's, yeah, it's the I, loudest I, I, little bird I've ever come accustomed to. 
<laughs> they are quite loud for their size. So, I mean, Wait, it, um, it is. There's lots of different things, you know, and that's one of the things in this state we've talked in the future, the mass of bird species there are in this tiny little state. Yeah, 450 different kinds of birds have been seen in Connecticut, uh, which is pretty uh, impressive for a, a state of our size. And uh, right now, uh, migration is, is, is winding. Spring migration is, well, we're, we're still in the midst of spring migration, and it's been a, a fairly poor spring migration. A lot of people have been contacting me and saying, where, where are the birds? Where are the birds? And I say, well, they're out in Ohio. <laughs> and and if you can actually look on radar. There, there's, um, um, you know, if, if you can find an unfiltered radar site, you can actually see, see the birds as they fly. They, they fly mostly nocturnally. And as the sun sets on these unfiltered radar, weather radar uh, screens, you see these green blobs uh, start to form. And then as the sun starts coming up, they start to contract and disappear. And it gives you an idea that, of where the, um, where the migration is going on. And there's actually a website called BirdCast, and it's from Cornell. And uh, it, it gives you migration forecasts. It's really cool to check out. Gives you live migration uh, uh, maps. It gives you an idea of, of where um, where to expect high amounts of migration and low amounts of migration. And even there's even uh, you know bird forecast migration maps now. Hmm. Now you know we've been going through this whole pandemic now almost three years. Have you seen more interest from people wanting to learn and taking interest in bird watching? Oh, absolutely. Bird watching and bird photography are, are, and just generally getting out in na nature is, is, is a lot more popular. We found that our trails are more popular than ever. Uh, we, we have um, 21 sanctuaries across the state, more than 3,400 acres that we manage and uh, miles and miles of trails. Some of our best spots up in uh, Pomfret. Uh, we have a uh, really a beautiful preserve up there with a lot of nesting grassland birds, our bathland sanctuary. In, in, in um, Hampton, we have our trailwood sanctuary. In uh, Goshen, we have our cross sanctuary, uh, although that one's a little bit more rustic, and it's, uh, it, it's higher elevation and, 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 and hills. But uh, once you get back in there, it, it's, it's, not, it's not meant to be a um, – you know, the trails aren't well marked. You have to kind of be a little bit more savvy about, about uh, your, your nature um, navigational skills to, to, to visit Croft than, than some of the others. But it's, it, when you're, once you're back in there, it's, it's, it's a totally a different, it's, it's like a different feel. It's like you're up in, in, in Vermont or New Hampshire rather than in, Can than in Connecticut. I'll say, is that, one of and, the, is that one of the things, you know, we have a lot of geographical different regions in Connecticut. Is, is that beneficial to being, you know, a bird watcher or photographer? Yeah, it is. And that's one of the reasons why we have such a wide variety of species that have been observed in Connecticut. Uh, you know, we have sort of the Appalachian uh, ecotone that gets into just Western Connecticut, uh, just gets into Western Connecticut, uh, including at, at our Deer Pond Farm Sanctuary, which is our largest sanctuary, 850 acres, and that's in Sherman and Pauling, New York. 
And uh, that has some of our best maintained trails in the state. It was an old estate of the Riston family and Kathy and Walter Riston, and they donated it along with some some money to to be able to maintain it. And we, uh, you know, maintain the trails that they had already had on the uh, 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 on on their property. Uh, so it, that has uh, that that one's got some of our nicest trails. Um, we also have our Birdcraft Sanctuary in, in Fairfield, which is a great place to visit in migration time. Uh, we do also bird banding there, um, and uh, there's there's some nets up, and we ask that people, uh, you know, not pause too long in front of the nets, and definitely do not touch the nets, uh, which is you, you need federal permits in order to to uh, 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 to touch touch the nets. But that's more, you know, the southern coastal ecotone in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. our, our Croft Reserve is sort of representing the uh, northern New England ecotone of, uh, of Connecticut. So we're at this juxtaposition <laughs> of three different uh, ecotones, the, sort of the, uh, the um, southern New England coastal systems, uh, like our Milford, our Old Lyme, and our, our Fairfield sites, the Appalachian uh, uh, um, Habitat, which is far western Connecticut, getting into Kent and Sherman areas, and then then northern New England, uh, which is, it gets into the, just the northeast, uh, the higher elevation areas of northeast Connecticut and and much of northwest Connecticut. And that's you know, there's so many different you know areas of Connecticut. You can get more information ctautobahn.org. That's C-T-A-U-D. UBON.org. There's a calendar of events. You guys always have things going on. I mean, there's so many, like I said, there's so many species in Connecticut. The migration, it changes depending on the season, depending on the weather. You know, people should just get outside, observe nature. There's so much to offer in our tiny little state. Again, joining me this morning here on At Home in Connecticut, Patrick Cummins, the executive director of the Connecticut Autobahn Society. Sir, I appreciate you taking the time. I hope more people get out there, observe the birds, and just take in everything that we have to offer right here at home in Connecticut. You've been listening to At Home in Connecticut, a public service project produced by WTIC News Talk 1080. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.